Hello and welcome to Deer Tracks. Welcome back to my neck of the woods for another episode of the Deer Tracks podcast. I'm James Kibbe, and I'm delighted to have you here for episode three of season two. And if you remember what we were starting to do from last week's episode is that we're sitting down with creative people to discuss their creative work. And this week I have with us Olivia Haas. Olivia is a painter and songwriter from the Western New York area, and I'm looking forward to discussing both her painting and music. Now, given that podcasts are generally experienced in an audio format, I encourage you to head over to our blog site, deertrackspodcast.blog, to see some of the artwork Olivia has painted. Just look for the post associated with this episode, and again, the address is deertrackspodcast.blog, and I encourage you to just go over there, check it out, Uh, just some really wonderful paintings that, again, Olivia has painted. So, again, the address for that is deertrackspodcast.blog. Well, as I mentioned before, I have Olivia Haas with us. And Olivia, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. And thank you for being on the show this week to discuss your work. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Before we discuss your work, maybe we can get to know the artist outside of her art. So who is Olivia Haas when she's not painting or writing music? Yeah, yeah. So, um... I grew up right here in Buffalo and um, I grew up with an, just an, I have an amazing family. I am so grateful for them. Um, my parents own a business, so I've worked for them for a while. I am a gymnastics coach, which is super fun. I get to work with kids and that has just been really wonderful. And actually it's interesting because in kind of thinking about getting ready for this podcast, it made me think about how um, growing up, I don't know that I always saw myself as as a creative just because I grew up in a a very athletic family. And so it really um, wasn't until I got into more of my early adult years that I really discovered that I am a creative and that's um, where I really found a lot of my people and just so much of the stuff that I love to do. That's really cool, the athlete and creative combination. Uh, Where did you initially start with your creative journey? Uh, Were you doing music first and then painting, or painting then music? So I think I probably got more into music first. Um, I mean, I've always been a worshiper. Um, Always have just loved worshiping the Lord, but I picked up a guitar when I was in my college years. Um, my grandpa um, was a guitar player. He was a huge Johnny Cash fan. So um, he had gotten me my first guitar, and I just started to learn how to play, and I just immediately fell in love with it. Um, so I think I kind of start, yeah, really getting into music probably a little bit more before I really got into art. Um, and that's a, a totally separate story, but also a really cool one of, um, just getting connected with a friend uh, that 
really had got me into painting. And so, yeah, it's been a neat journey. So did you learn any Johnny Cash when you were learning guitar? You know what? Not so much. Um, more so, I, I, my cousin also played guitar and some of my friends. So just a few worship songs were my, my, earliest, um, my earliest songs that I learned on guitar. Yeah, yeah. I had a similar experience when I learned guitar. I started with guitar in high school, but wasn't too serious about learning how to play until I got involved with this youth-to-youth fourth-day movement called Footsteps. I remember sitting in my room, actually, um, for hours just working on the songs that we would normally sing for our meetings and retreats. And eventually I became interested in going further, so I took lessons, and the rest, I guess you could say, is history. But still, it's neat to hear someone having a similar experience with learning guitar. But before we discuss your music, I first wanted to focus on your painting. I really like your work, and I noticed that you like to paint nature landscapes. I guess that's kind of the way to explain it, uh, nature landscapes, uh, especially those involving mountains and or bodies of water. Is is there any particular reason for that? Um, I would probably say, so cool thing, my name, Olivia, comes from the olive branch, which means peace. And my middle name is Joy. So I got two virtues right in my name. And I really just feel like that's um, something that's always been big on my heart to try to bring other people. And um, I just really like creating artwork that just um, represents peace and beauty and just something that would bring people joy when they look at it. And that would point, um, point to God, of course. So, yeah. Now, were these places you visited and painted while being there in the moment, or did you see these places in a photograph and were inspired to paint them? Uh, what was your process here? Um, I would say the majority of my paintings um, generally do come from photographs I've taken or places that I've gone. Um, but I have definitely been inspired by other people's photographs or, or other people's artwork that has... Um, just encouraged me to try similar techniques. Um, so definitely a mix of both. Um, and that's kind of something that I think as, as a typical artist, I wrestle with a lot of times starting a new painting is, um, you know, I, I love to paint, but sometimes I, I just have to find exactly that right thing that I want to be painting to really get into it. And so lately that has been a struggle of mine where it's like a, I'll have an idea of a concept, but I just can't quite figure out the exact either picture I want to go off of or the exact look, and it'll take me forever. But then once I land on it, then I'm usually super happy with the direction it goes from there. Yeah, I can I can imagine. Uh, you start with a canvas and certain colors. Eventually, you're seeing certain shapes and forms. Then as you continue to work at it, those forms become more defined until you have the scene and I haven't done a lot of painting, but the few times I have, I was amazed at how even when starting with no specific direction, the end result was something interesting. Now, one of the things I like about paintings are the different perspectives, uh, what the artist is not just seeing, but experiencing in that moment. And one of your paintings in particular had a neat perspective, and that was one that you did of the Niagara Falls area. It was an aerial view of the falls, and I like the way things curved in the painting. Just thought that was an interesting perspective. Uh, do you tend to be more intentional when it comes to perspective and end result, or do you put paint to canvas and just let whatever happened happen? 
Yeah, so that particular painting was actually a commission from a good friend of mine who has a big heart for the falls and does a lot of great things. So um, part of that was some of his vision uh, where there were certain places that that he had been really involved in um, that we wanted to try to make a little bit larger than life um, in comparison to some of the the other landscape of of the falls and we even brought some like old old time falls stuff that no longer exists but maybe were a part of the history into it but generally i remember talking with um my really good friend sarah who is the one who really got me into painting and who i started painting with and i always remember her saying that there is something about there's something amazing about people who could paint so much that it looks just like a photograph um, and I think that is remarkable, and I love that. Um, and at the same time, um, there is that question to be asked of, why not just take a photograph then? Why make it into a painting? And so some of the times I really like the different textures and the different, um, different things that paintings could offer, whether it be exaggeration of color, different ways of shading it to bring about a different perspective. So, um, I would say my my style definitely isn't going for exact you know photorealism, but um, I like the freedom that art gives you to be able to um, bring things to life in a different way. I guess you could say. Yeah, that's what I like about visual art. Uh, in in a way, it's similar to say poetry or songwriting. You're coming from a unique perspective, and for the literary forms, we express this perspective through words and the various nuances of language. Where with visual forms, we express this perspective through colors, shading, texture, shapes, and lines. And what I've found with some paintings is that they're able to communicate truth and beauty deeper and more profound than we could with words. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I've noticed as I had gotten more and more into painting that it really opened up my eyes to see even when I um, am just going through everyday life. Um, just trying to study how different things are, are shaded or, you know, just different colors um, or how a light hits a certain thing. Then all of a sudden I started noticing when I go through everyday life, different things stand out to me that I might have never noticed in the past, um, which is really a beautiful thing. Yeah. So looking at colors, for example, are there certain colors that stand out to you over others or particular ones that you generally lean more towards when painting? Yeah, so lately, yes. Um, in the past, I wouldn't have thought that I would have uh, tended to certain color schemes maybe over others, but lately that's been a huge thing, um, particularly as I've gotten a little bit more interested in just um, home design and home decor and, and trying to figure out how I could um, design a painting that not only has a beautiful picture, but would go with a color scheme in a person's house without clashing or being too much or different things like that. So I think I've been trying to, um, I've been really enjoying color schemes that I think would just go really nice in, in houses in general without it being um, overly bold. We have some paintings around our house that my grandmother made. Uh, the majority being watercolor paintings. And while we weren't too intentional when placing them in different rooms, it is neat to see how in different rooms with different lighting, certain colors seem to stand out more than others. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, and I've been trying something unique lately, which has been kind of fun, which is I've been doing actually more painting on wood than I have been on, on canvases, um, which is able to kind of lend to me making my own frames and even having a little bit of a like a matted look so that it um, it kind of goes with even some of the the minimalistic or even farmhouse style that is become kind of trendy these days. I also noticed that you have some paintings on what looks like slabs of stone. Yes, granite. That's pretty cool. Uh, were these already broken pieces of granite, or did you have them broken in a certain way? And what were your thoughts when you came across those broken pieces? Sure. So um, my friend Steve, who has been um, a great source of inspiration creatively, creatively um, to me, um, through his... Uh, just different finds that he's been and people he knows he was able to get a bunch of scrap granite from a granite place that they would throw out because um, they no longer needed those pieces. And so we actually started working together on this like uh, scrap granite, which was really fun just because there's so many cool um, colors and shades right in the granite that has led for just different type of inspiration, whether it be certain ones I felt like more of a, a Monet type of feel to um, something that would kind of follow like an agate stone type of a look or just different things that it made me think of as I was looking at just different, um, almost like textures and, and colors and shades that are right in the granite. You know, I've never heard that term before, agate stone. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, that's the first one for me. Uh, did you ever think back in your pre-creative athletic days that you would ever say words like agate stone? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I've always kind of, I've always had that creative in me, you know, like it's funny because looking back anytime I would have something growing up that required any sort of creativity, those are the things that always made me come alive. So I think that was always a bit in me. Well, it's great to see that creative fire burning brightly, and I really like how you're transforming things that most people would see as trash into something beautiful that people would want to display in their homes. At this point, I would like to shift our focus to your music. Uh, last year, you released your first EP titled Peace in the Waiting, which you recorded at Old Bear Recording Studios. Uh, but before we discuss your EP in particular, uh, tell us a little bit about why you got into songwriting and what led you to record some of your songs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it was really kind of cool. My very first song I wrote um, was actually for... Um, a Bible class I was taking at the time that was on the wisdom books. And as we went through the Psalms, um, our teacher who had also been a worship leader for a time had given us assignment to write our own, our own Psalm, or we could write a song. And I had been wanting to try my hand at songwriting. So I decided I'd kind of do both. And that was when I first started getting into it and I wrote my very first song. Now, when I went into the studio, I had it pop up in my memories that that very first song that I wrote was almost exactly to the day of going into the studio, which I just thought was such a, a cool thing. 
Um, but yeah, I think um, there's the, definitely um, a lot that, a, a big story, I guess you could say, of getting into songwriting and what that all meant to me. But I was just extremely honored to be able to go and record my own songs. I don't know that I could have said that that was even something I ever imagined happening. Um, but it was just so much fun. It was a great process. And it was really um, just neat what God had taught me as I had started on the songwriting journey. And it was really a big way that I felt like he was speaking to me and teaching me all these different stuff. So my big prayer as I went into doing that album is that my journey and the stuff that I went to that um, kind of birthed those songs would really help to bless other people and to bring them breakthrough as they listen to them. So earlier when discussing why you choose to paint various nature landscapes, you mentioned peace. Not only that it's tied to your name, but also how you want to convey a sense of peace through your work. And now we have your first recorded work carrying on this theme of peace. So what inspired you to title your EP, Peace in the Waiting? Yeah, so um, Chris actually came up with the title, and it was funny because... um, I think that that title was largely inspired by the song night, which didn't have lyrics on the album, but I initially wrote with lyrics. And so I was telling him the story behind that and he had brought it up. And it was funny because my initial instinct for some reason was, Oh, I don't know. And mostly because I almost didn't want to admit that I was still in the waiting for certain things because just um, the space that I was in in that time, God had brought me, um, so much breakthrough and there were so many awesome things happening that it was almost this moment of being like, Oh, but I'm still in the waiting. Do I want to admit to that? And, um, but it was true. So like literally two seconds after I'm like, that has to be the title. I absolutely agree that that is it. Um, because I think for me, I have always struggled with patience ever since I was young. I remember my coach in gymnastics always saying, Olivia, you got to be patient, just patient with the process, patience with the journey. And I'd be like, patience takes a long time. Um, and it's been a struggle for me because um, I'm just not always very good at patience. Uh, I just feel like God has had me in a process for a long time of just waiting on him for certain things. And he's taught me so much through that, but um, he has really had to give me peace in that process because it hasn't always been easy for me to just wait on him. Yeah, it's interesting how your own experience comes into view, even when you're not necessarily thinking about it at the time. And what I like is that your EP has this quiet time feel. Uh, Rather than doing, your songs focus more on sitting and receiving. You see this in songs like Jeremiah's song and Receive, where you're allowing the voice of God to wash over you. Then you have Night, which is an instrumental track, though you said there were words to it initially, and our listeners might remember you shared those words with us during episode 7 of last season. But I just found it fascinating that sandwiched between these two songs, where you're hearing God talking to you, is this instrumental piece that has moments of serenity and at the same time moments of impatience, as if to represent the struggle to be still before God and receive from Him. 
And then all of this leads to our eventual response, which is one of worship in the song Yours. So it was um, kind of cool because this is something that just even like a few weeks ago, a revelation God had given me. Um, at the beginning of this whole quarantine thing, um, I was writing some cards to some, some people in my church and really prayed over what verse um, I should be writing in the cards. And the verse Zephaniah 3.17 popped into my head. And it's such a great verse, and it had so many things that were so um, perfect for the season. Um, and then at the end of summer, I was asked to lead worship for a youth camp. And as I was preparing and talking with the lady who was organizing it, she had said that Zephaniah 317 was what got put on her part for the camp, particularly um, the last part where it says, he will rejoice over us with singing. And I'm like, yeah, that is awesome, because I have had some amazing encounters with the Lord during worship, particularly with a song Amazed by, I believe, Jared Anderson, um, where it just says, uh, you dance over me while I'm underwear. You sing all around, but I never hear the sound. Um, and the week before the camp, unfortunately, one of my athletes had died tra tragically in a hiking accident, and it really just stunned us all. And someone had written on my Facebook saying, let the Lord sing over you. And I was like, wow, this keeps coming up. And in the moment, I was just like, man, what type of song are you singing to me, Lord? Because I love to sing to you. I know the type of songs I like, that I will sing to you. But what type of song are you singing to me? I just felt like I, I couldn't really think about it in the moment. And then it hit me like a lightning bolt that the songs like Receive and even Jeremiah's song was actually initially written from his perspective because it came from the scripture where it says, I am the Lord who made the earth and formed and established it. And that, you know, even a couple other songs that I've written um, just were, were songs that were actually from God's perspective, which always those type of songs feel awkward to sing. Uh, but it was cool to be reminded because in that moment I had forgotten that he actually sings over me and he sings to me. As I mentioned before, you recorded your EP at Old Bear Recording Studios with our mutual friends Chris Hoisington and Steve Patton. What's neat about the recording is that, outside of your guitar and voice, there is this unique soundscape that colors each song with different sounds and instruments, as well as this overall old vinyl kind of feel. Were you hearing some of these sounds as you thought about the songs prior to working in the studio, or did these sounds come about while working in the studio? Yeah, so um, Chris is absolutely amazing. I am so glad to um, work with him. I've known him for years and have been inspired by his many projects. Um, I just think that he is such an incredible creative in, in all the stuff that he comes up with. So that a lot of that was him and a lot of that was Steve Patton, who... Um, is also phenomenal. I've known him for several years and he is just an amazing person. And I was so grateful to have him as um, a key musician who played uh, most of the instruments um, on the track. 
Um, and my friend Sandy was the other one who played on it. And she, um, we talked a little bit ahead of time. So we went over um, just a few of the songs that I had sent her. And I just love everything she does on violin. And so we kind of came in with some of the violin parts. And, you know, I talked with Chris and we just kind of had this, yeah, vinyl scratch feel. This is very nostalgic. And we wanted it to be very lo-fi and just um, being careful not to add too much to make everything simple enough that it wasn't layering, layering too much on it, but that everything felt just very authentic and um, very real. But um, really, Chris is just was amazing in his vision. Actually, it was really cool as we tie in the idea of um, both are in painting and in music. One of the cool things that we did, I think we did this for Jeremiah's song, is I brought in a canvas. And as we got kind of some of the beginning layers of the song, like the vocals and the guitar track, we um, played that as I was painting. And Chris made notes for different times that I switched colors or switched themes in the painting for them to inspire, um, you know, him and, and Steve as they added layers. So it's not something that anyone else would know, but some of the the things like different instruments were added at different points that I had switched colors or switched um, to different parts of the painting were marked down as we, as we tracked in like different instruments. So that was kind of a fun way that we were able to inspire different ideas for the instrumentation. Wow, yeah, that's really cool how you merged those two creative avenues with the song developing as the painting was developing. Yeah, thank you for sharing that story. And I, I imagine you still have the painting? I think I, I gave those to, you know, to Chris and, and yeah, I gave that cool. one to Chris as kind of a, a thank you for all he did to help me out with the project. Again, really cool to hear a story like that, uh, especially because my first impressions from listening to your EP was that I was experiencing the audio version of a painting. Uh, what I mean is that the songs develop much like a painting does as you add more color and more definition. Uh, this really stood out to me during the song Yours, that as the song progressed, I felt like I was being carried off to a higher plane. Uh, and I encourage everyone listening, if you haven't already, go check out Olivia's EP. Again, it's titled Peace in the Waiting. And so uh, what I would like to ask you now is, what's next for Olivia Haas? Yeah. Um, so I mean, definitely praying on that, what God is leading me towards next. Um, in the midst of that, I feel God has definitely been, um, impressing on me to, to continue writing songs and to continue painting. So I don't really know where that will all lead, but, um, but I know God has definitely, uh, been, pushing me and opening doors and, and surrounding me with other creatives and stuff that have reminded me that this is something I need to keep going after and, and keep doing. Um, so yeah, just kind of praying on what God has next with all of that. But in the meantime, I'm just going to keep writing and keep painting and we'll see. Great. Great to hear. And um, before we wrap things up here, uh, where can people go to see your artwork and to listen to your music? Yeah, the music is out everywhere. Um, it is on um, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, um, YouTube, all that stuff. So it is out everywhere. Um, 
I currently do not have a music page, um, but I do have, I, I do try to put updates as much as possible on my own um, Instagram. And then I do have an artwork Instagram for my painting stuff um, that is at LiveJoyArtwork. Um, so you could check out any of my paintings there. And um, I have a Facebook page also, LiveJoyArtwork. Um, it has uh, all the paintings there. Olivia, thank you for being on the Deer Tracks podcast to discuss your artwork and music. And again, for those listening, you can check out Olivia's artwork by searching Live Joy Artwork on Facebook and Instagram. And check out her music by searching Olivia Haas on places like Apple Music, iTunes, and Spotify. Any final words, Olivia, that you would like to offer to our listeners? Um, just thank you so much. This was awesome. It was great getting to chat with you. And um, I hope that all the listeners are blessed and i just uh pray that that you guys are inspired as well and yeah just thank you well we've reached the end of our time together on another episode of the deer tracks podcast i'm james kibbe don't forget to hit that subscribe button leave a positive rating and review and if you would like to send me your creative work to be heard on a future episode or would like to send me a message you can do so by emailing james at deer tracks podcast dot blog. As always, thank you for tuning in and until we meet again, take care.